This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. Today's headlines, a horrific crash near Boston kills one person and leaves at least 16 others hospitalized. An SUV plows through the glass shop front of an Apple store. Find out what's known so far about the incident. A railroad strike is looking more likely. We bring you the new developments in the tentative talks between railroads and worker unions. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Disney has restored former CEO Bob Iger to the top executive chair. He promises some changes to how creative teams are run. Thanksgiving season sees air travel return to 2019 levels, but with fewer flights comes a higher cost. More later on holiday travel. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good morning. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd. Yeah, and that is such good news that holiday air travel is back to where it was before the pandemic. Yeah, who still cares about flight disruptions or inflated ticket prices? Not us. Yeah, they're doing it either way. Yeah, exactly. But uh, unfortunately, we have some sad news to break first. An SUV crashed into an Apple store near Boston on Monday. Officials say one person was killed and at least 16 were injured and taken to the hospital. The Plymouth County District Attorney says the driver is in police custody. The incident took place at around 10.45 a.m. local time. It was at an outdoor mall in Hingham. That's about 15 miles south of downtown Boston. The crash left a huge hole in the, store, in the store's glass. Multiple people were reported to have life-threatening or limb-threatening injuries. Here's the local DA statement. A dark-colored SUV appears went through at a rate of speed undetermined through a plate of glass, plate glass window and struck multiple people. And as a result of that, multiple people are being, uh, as I said, they're in hospital, being hospitalized and receiving treatment. Now, we don't know the motive behind the crash yet. A criminal investigation is underway, though, and authorities didn't say if the driver was injured. A railroad strike before Christmas in the U.S. is looking a lot more likely. That's because members of the largest U.S. rail union voted against a tentative contract deal yesterday. It could cause serious damage to the nation's economy and stop vital shipments of food and fuel. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more about the possible year-end strike. The tentative deal brokered by President Biden's appointed board is seeing some major pushback. Workers from the biggest union joined three other unions to reject the deal when they voted on Monday. A day of reckoning is coming that they are going to have to realize uh, one way or another that they have to treat their employees with respect. Even unions that voted in favor of the deal say they will join a strike if not every union agrees to the contract. But the other unions that have not ratified haven't done so because of the anger and the animosity between the railroads and their employees out there in the field. Railroads estimate a rail strike could cost the economy $2 billion a day. Another group projects around 700,000 jobs would be lost if a strike lasts a month and increase prices of nearly everything across the board. Unlike the common perception that this is a fight about money, it's not. The biggest concern union members have now is about a point-based attendance policy that penalizes workers for taking time off work. They put in a new attendance policy, which means you can get fired for going to the doctor, you can get fired for what, uh, whatever reason it is, because every time you miss a shift or are late or call in sick, 
It deducts points off of this system. There are no paid sick days under the tentative deal. Unions asked for 15 paid sick days and the railroad settled on one personal day. The railroads have shown no sign of being willing to reopen talks. If unions and the railroads cannot come to terms, Congress could intervene and resolve the dispute by law. They can say, here's your new contract provisions, go back to work and you have no more talking. So the railway won't be able to change it, the union won't be able to change it. An official from the White House says a shutdown is unacceptable because of the harm it would inflict on jobs, families, farms, businesses and communities across the country and that it would be best for unions and railroads to resolve their differences. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. And California's last operating nuclear power plant just was given another funding boost yesterday. It will keep it running until 2030. The U.S. Energy Department awarded the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant $1.1 billion in funding. It comes from the infrastructure bill passed by Congress in 2021. Officials say the final terms need to be finalized by the Energy Department. The plant produces about 15% of California's renewable energy and produced about 9% of the state's energy last year. It was scheduled to close in 2025, but California Governor Gavin Newsom reversed those plans in September. Several environmental groups objected to the plant continuing operations. 13 reactors across the U.S. have been closed since 2013. Twitter reinstated the account of Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday. The move comes two days after it also restored the account of former President Donald Trump. The social media forum suspended Greene's personal account in January. Her account was permanently suspended for what Twitter called repeated violations of their COVID-19 misinformation policy. Writing on her official congressional account, which was not revoked, Greene encouraged followers to visit the reinstated personal page. Green wrote that she is, in her words, the only member of Congress the unelected big tech oligarchs permanently banned. Twitter has also restored the accounts of the satire website The Babylon Bee, comedian Kathy Griffin, and Ye, who is the rapper formerly known as Kanye West. And Trump hasn't posted anything new on Twitter since his account was reinstated, but his followers keep increasing. Their number recently hit 88 million, and they are now posting under his old tweets. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden has almost 28 million followers. And Trump's Truth Social account has around 4.5 million followers. Do you think he will ever go back to Twitter? Well, you know, he said he has no interest in returning to the site, but it could be that he's building up some drama before making a decision. Time will tell. And shortly after Disney announced that Bob Iger is making the helm as CEO, he issued a memo outlining a restructuring plan. He says it will put decision-making back in the hands of creative teams in a matter of months. Entity's Daniel Monahan has the story. Iger served as the entertainment giant CEO for 15 years before stepping down and eventually leaving the company entirely a year ago. Since then, Disney has lost more than a third of its value. The company has come under fire for what critics see as an excess of so-called wokeness. Some examples include Disneyland banning the use of gender greetings such as ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls in their parks, leaked clips of executives calling for more LGBT leads, one executive referring to her not-so-secret gay agenda and adding queerness wherever she could, other examples include the casting of a drag queen in a new Marvel series, a lesbian kissing scene in Buzz Lightyear, and a transgender man purchasing tampons in a TV series. Former CEO Bob Chapek also got into a public spat with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over the Parental Rights and Education Act, 
The law prohibits Florida teachers from instructing young kids from kindergarten until third grade about gender identity and sexual orientation. Chapek pledged that Disney would pause all political donations in Florida and contribute millions of dollars to LGBT causes. By now, I hope you've all read my most recent note, in which I pledged to be a better ally for the LGBTQ plus community, apologize for not being the ally that you needed me to be, and committed to ensuring that our company lives up to its values. DeSantis responded by stripping Disney of its special tax status. The company has especially struggled due to the streaming service Disney Plus, which despite gaining subscribers lost $1.5 billion last quarter. Stakeholders in the company hope Iger can reignite some of the magic he brought the company when he oversaw the acquisition of Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm. Those all ended up becoming major cash cows for Disney. Investors boosted the company's share price by as much as 9% during trading yesterday. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Nearly 55 million Americans will be hitting the roads, skies, and rails for the Thanksgiving period. AAA estimates that's the highest level in three years. And it is Flinders Kingsley has the story. With increased demand and data from Sirium showing airlines are operating 13% fewer flights, prices have been sent skyward. Domestic airfare for Thanksgiving is 17% higher than last year and in line with 2019 prices. International travel is 30% more than in 2019. Well, I think the cost of travel is definitely up, so that's why we came in a little bit early and we're going to be going home a little bit earlier. Um, you know, but because the cost of everything's up also, we had the credit card points to get the flights. Um, yeah, the economy is a little concerning, but that's life, you know, and we still got to spend time with the family and the people because that's more important than just things. While air travel is predicted to reach 99% of 2019 pre-pandemic levels, there is a rise in demand for cheaper forms of travel. More than 1.4 million people will travel by bus, train or cruise ship. That's 96% of 2019 levels and a 23% increase from 2021. I was going to fly over here, but it was too expensive. They wanted it like $300 for one way and I was like, oh, that's too much. And I found out the Amtrak, only $42 one way. United Airlines expects to carry over 5.5 million passengers over the holiday period a number that matches 2019 and a 12% increase from last year. Delta Airlines expects to carry almost as much as it did in 2019, 6 million passengers. United say they're hiring 15,000 more employees this year, while Delta said it's cutting its schedule and increasing boarding times. Airlines for America estimates the major airlines have 10% more pilots than before the holidays. Flinders Kingsley, NTD News. President Biden joined U.S. troops for Thanksgiving dinner at the Marine Corps Air Station in Cherry Point, North Carolina. The president gave a speech praising the service and sacrifice of the troops. At the dinner on Monday night, Biden expressed his gratitude to the Marines and sailors of the 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force. The president described the service members as the backbone of the country and reminded them that they are the strongest fighting force in history. He went on to thank their spouses for the hardship they bear and the sacrifice they make. The American people have no idea the sacrifices you're making. One percent, one percent of you represents 99 percent of the public. You're all volunteers. You all just show up. And you're always there for And we have a, I used to get in trouble for saying when I was a senator, America has a lot of responsibilities, but only one sacred responsibility. And I mean this sincerely, from the bottom of my heart. 
It is that that is to equip those we send in the harm's way and care for them and their families when they come home. Because as I said, you represent 1% of the population. Earlier in the day, President Biden pardoned a pair of Thanksgiving turkeys, and that marks the 75th anniversary of this most American of traditions. The two lucky birds come from North Carolina, and they're named Chocolate and Chip. They'll live out the rest of their days at North Carolina State University's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. And before they head back, they're enjoying some luxurious accommodations at a hotel in D.C. Biden will spend the rest of the week in Nantucket, Massachusetts, where he'll be celebrating Thanksgiving with his family before heading back to D.C. on Sunday. And coming up, the death toll from the earthquake that struck the Indonesian island of Java continues to climb. This as rescue workers fight the clock and the piles of rubble. And sparks from a welding caused a fire in a factory in central China, killing at least 38 people. That and more after the break. Welcome back. Over in central China, there was a fire at a factory that killed at least 38 people on Monday. Reports say that sparks created from welding was the cause. The fire broke out at a company dealing with in chemicals and other industrial goods in the central province of Henan. More than 250 rescue workers and firefighters were deployed. It took firefighters about four hours to bring the fire under control. Many of the victims were women who made winter cotton clothes at the factory. The person in charge of the small private firm is now in custody. China has a history of industrial accidents caused by lax regard for safety measures, mostly fueled by rising competition and supported by corruption among officials. Poor storage conditions, locked exits and a lack of firefighting equipment are often cited as direct causes. The death toll from the earthquake that shook the Indonesian island of Java leapt to 268 today. This as more bodies were found beneath collapsed buildings while 151 people are still missing. Rescue workers are still racing to reach people trapped under the rubble. Many of those killed were children with more than 300 injured. The earthquake was felt strongly in the capital Jakarta, some 45 miles away. The National Disaster Agency says it damaged at least 2,200 homes and displaced more than 5,000 people. We're moving on to our economy now. Basic staples like eggs and butter continue to push grocery tabs higher and strain household budgets, as we know. But just like consumers, bakers, big and small, also feel the squeeze. NTD spoke with an Indiana bakery. They're wondering if their business will be able to make it to their 10-year anniversary. That's next August. So right now, um, the few cupcakes that we have left, I'm icing up <laughs> for, for the people that are here. Um, we are out of just about everything, so there's not much to work on. Gala Bell is the owner of Evansville Gala Cake Bakery. Cakes and cupcakes have been at the core of the family business for nearly a decade. However, after nine years, the business has fallen on hard times. It's been a rough summer. Um, for the past four months, uh, our, we've seen a, a, a very big slowdown in our, um, in our income. Inflation means essentials like eggs and butter are up by nearly 50%. Rising prices on even the most simple of items impact consumers, but especially smaller business owners like Bell. 
We've been, um, we've been struggling to pay all the bills. At that point, Bell sat down with two of her managers to make some hard decisions. We decided to cut back on hours, uh, which we're, we still have to do um, because of staffing, because of the high cost of things. Industry executives have warned that the soaring food costs won't be declining anytime soon. The high cost of gas, extreme weather conditions, and diseases like the avian flu have contributed to the highest rise since 1979, with food inflation at nearly 12.5% in October. Bell made a Facebook post sharing her struggles with her family and friends. Little did she know what impact it would have. And so I um, came out here this morning and uh, everything was blown up um, as far as our messages, uh, voicemails, the phone hasn't stopped since 8 and we've not been able to answer it. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been an awesome day, um, exhausting and very encouraging. Bell wonders if the upturn in business will be enough to carry her into the next year and she's determined to keep going. The Milwaukee Dancing Grannies are a hit at the Christmas Parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. But last November, a driver sped onto the parade route, killing six people and injuring 60 more. Now the Grannies are making a comeback. Here's NTD's Andrew Thomas with more. Three of the Dancing Grannies and one husband were killed during the tragedy. Betty Strang had a serious head injury and almost died. After brain surgery and months of rehabilitation, she's back dancing with her friends. Throughout all of this, I was probably just focused on me and trying to get better and not re really remembering or probably grasping everything that happened. She and others will return to Waukesha for the annual Christmas parade on December 4th. Sometimes I can talk about it without crying and sometimes I can't. But lots of times it's tears of joy and tears of gratitude. Meanwhile, a jury found the driver, Daryl Brooks, guilty of first degree intentional homicide and a slew of other charges. On November 16th, a judge sentenced him to life in prison. None of us had to keep on dancing. We chose to do it because you know, it, it, it's the joy it brings that trumps the sorrow. It really is. Tyler Pudliner is a teenager who was injured in last year's parade. He helped carry the Granny's banner at a recent Veterans Day parade in Milwaukee. Said it from day one that we're stronger than him, you know, and in moments like this where we come together, we, we're showing it. Strang says she refuses to give in to fear. You know, maybe Parades aren't as safe as they used to be, but um, why would I not go back? Why, why would I limit my life because I'm afraid of something? Strang says the members they lost would want them to keep on dancing, a long-standing motto for the group. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Coming up, the United States and Wales went head-to-head -to, -head to kick off their FIFA World Cup match. The game was a real nail-biter. And winter can be hard, especially for your vehicle. We have five ways to maintain your car over the winter season after the break.
Welcome back. The FIFA World Cup is now underway. The U.S. battled Wales in their opening match, and both teams left with something to feel happy about. NTD's Flinders Kingsley has the story. The U.S. has tied their opening game of the FIFA Soccer World Cup. Their Welsh rivals were able to hold on and tie the game one all. That's after U.S. centre-forward Tim Weah secured a goal in the first half. The U.S. team was looking to take home the win, but in the 82nd minute, Gareth Bale, captain of the Wales team, put away a penalty goal, ending the game in a draw. Both teams take home one point from their Monday night clash. I thought the game was really good. I feel like the U.S. got a little tired there at the end, but overall it's good. I mean, a, a tie is better than a loss, so we'll take that. Qatar's Ahmed bin Ali Stadium was the scene of the Welsh team's first World Cup match in 64 years. The U.S. team last played in the 2014 World Cup. Yeah, we had to call on the talisman again, didn't we, to help us out. I think, yeah, as you can tell, we're happy to scrape a draw. Onwards to uh, Iran on Tuesday and then, uh, yeah, the big one against England. So hopefully we'll get through the group. On the east side of Manhattan, fans were showing their support at Hendricks Pub. Former Red Bull player Bradley Phillips-Wright shared his opinion about the US team. I think they got a young, energetic team, a good coach, and players that, are willing, uh, that have to prove themselves, you know, on the big stage. So I'm excited to see what they do. The US and Wales are in Group B with England and Iran. England is leading the pack with three points after beating Iran. The US and Wales follow with one point each. The United States' next match is with England, and they'll play Iran next week. Flinders Kingsley, NTD News. Exciting. And this is something that your mechanic may not want you to hear, uh, but there is a lot you can do at home to take care of your car, especially as we head into winter. NTD's David Lam hears from an auto expert about the penny method and a handful of car care tips. For those planning to hit the road these next few weeks, car maintenance can go a long way to prevent any major car issues during winter. Kai Vu, who's built his craft as an auto technician for nine years, shares five things that he hopes to give people a safe driving experience. One is the, the battery, one is the, the wiper blades, uh, now there's the tires, and then uh, their lights and their fluids. He recommends checking all these parts a few weeks before a planned trip. Vu says car batteries weaken in the cold, so if your car starts right away after hitting the ignition, the battery is good. Usually, uh, if the battery's weak, it'll, it'll take like a couple of for it to start. Though he says sometimes after an hour of driving, the battery could recharge. Next on the list are fluids. A major important one is the engine oil, which keeps the engine parts moving smoothly. And this is how you check the level. You wipe it, put it back in, check it out again. Then you check the marks. The bottom dot is for when it's a little too low. The top dot is for when it's uh, a little too high. So you want to be between the two dots. Another fluid to check is coolant. It helps prevent the engine from overheating. But make sure the car isn't hot. If the, the coolant is at the top, right here, then it's okay. You have enough coolant. And you can also check the, the color. See, if it's a bright color, it means the, the coolant is pretty new, still good. 
If it's a little brownish, then you might consider changing it. You can also check the plastic reservoir container. Another fluid is the windshield washer fluid. Drivers can fill this with washer fluid, or if they're in a pinch, just water would work temporarily. The next step is checking if all the exterior lights are working. Next are the tires. Vu shows NTD the old penny trick to measure the thickness of the tread depth. If you can't see the top of Lincoln's head, then you're good. But if you can see the top of his head, it means uh, the, the tread depth is maybe too thin. As for tire pressure, manufacturers recommend filling tires to the pressure that's generally labeled near the door sill. Vu says most of these maintenance are simple to do at home, but recommends going to a professional if problems come up. With the upcoming winter season, it brings rain and snow. So we hope these several tips keep you and your family safe for any long road trips coming up. With that said, happy holidays. David Lamb, NTD News, California. And those are some really good tips. You know, I would also say make sure to keep the gas tank over half full and keep a winter safety kit in your car, including blankets, scraper, flashlight, hand warmers, flares, and a first aid kit. It's important. Oh, and it's also a good idea to use some glass cleaner to wipe down the inside of the front and back windshield for maximum visibility. Right. Great. Yeah, I love to end the show with some good tips because we're wrapping right here. Before you go, though, as usual, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at goodmorning@ntd.com. Thanks for watching. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.